Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Hey there, Uh, this is a different sort of episode and it's something I've never done before, but it's important that I hit record and I sit down and I share with you. Now, over the last few weeks, an awakening of a movement against racism has begun. Many of us are watching, we're participating, and we're learning through it. I'll be 100% honest and say that these past few weeks have been incredibly eye-opening for me as a white woman, a human, a mother, a leader, a business owner, and someone with a platform, in part because this really was a movement that I had not had to be a part of, but it is not a movement new to Black or marginalized communities. To provide a bit of context, recently a string of emails that I was a part of from 2017 was shared publicly, and those emails, they started with a follower commenting on an Instagram post where I had shared my mission work in the Dominican Republic. In our email exchange, I was defensive and dismissive of her point of view. I didn't understand white privilege, and I couldn't see the harm I was doing in both sharing my mission work, but also in how I communicated with her. Now, that exchange was the first time that I had been directly confronted about privilege and begun to learn what it actually meant. In the exchanges, both past and present, if I could, I would do things differently, and I was wrong in my approach in so many ways. Fast forward to now, I assumed that I had been doing enough when it came to the topics of inclusion and diversity and anti-racism work. In 2018, I hosted my first conversation on this here podcast about race and inclusion, one of many, and over the years, we've welcomed many women of color on the show as guests and have prioritized highlighting women and their success, especially women who don't look just like me. Over the past few weeks, it's become wildly clear that the work that I had been doing was not nearly enough and that what I believe to be the work itself was really just the bare minimum of what I am capable of as a white woman, a business owner, and as a leader. This episode today is a reflection of all of the processing that has only begun due to these circumstances. It's been uncomfortable for me to work through a lot of what I'm going to share with you, and I want to preface this all by saying that I can only speak and share my experience and my thoughts right now, and it's important that I do that as someone that you trust and tune into. A few days ago, I was in the car with Drew and Coco and my mind was just like racing. I felt like I was underwater only. I didn't know which way was up. And I felt these burning questions, these frustrations, these hopes, these ideas all bubbling over. And the second I got home, I opened up my computer and I just started typing. 
Now, whenever I feel overwhelmed or lost, I always start with the truth because fear is generally an emotion. It's not an absolute. And so I went and I made a list. I wrote down my questions, what I know to be true. What are my current fears? What am I not afraid of? What do I wish I could do? What is my plan? Just taking all of the thoughts that were inside of my head and organizing them started to release the pressure that was taking up valuable space in my brain and making it really hard for me to hear, to listen, to learn, to question, to process, to understand, or to even move forward. Now, what I'm going to share with you today are the raw thoughts, like really raw thoughts, the questions that I have, the fears that I'm facing, and the hopes that I've been having offline with close friends, with mentors, with teachers, with my black community, with my team, with my family. Now, my goal in sharing all of this with you is to not paint me as any sort of an expert. I am not an expert at all in any of this. And the thing that I'm actually an expert at right now is being this imperfect human, this student. And Honestly, I debated if this was appropriate to share or not, but after sharing it with my team, I realized that a lot of us are sharing these same questions and thoughts, and me being open about that might actually lead us into necessary action. It's important for me to remain open and transparent while I'm in process and learning, and my hope is that these thoughts and questions and plans will help inspire you to do that same work offline. So It is also important that you understand that I am not looking for pity as I share this. In my reflection, I realized that a lot of times as leaders, we don't emerge until we have the answers. And then we share where we've messed up or struggled or learned. But part of the process of life and of growth and the way that I've showed up in the past is in those actual learning seasons. And I didn't want to wait any longer to share with you until I was out of it. Like it's important to let you know where I am right now. The last thing that I want to note is that I will not be chronicling every step of my journey online. This work will mostly be done personally within myself and quietly offline. I will not be leading or teaching this work. This isn't my lane, but my hope is that you're going to see the fruits of the work that's being done offline lived out through how I do life business and how I show up. Let me first start this off with what I know to be true. When I started typing, I was feverish and I started with this. This is a really good place to start when you're in a growing season, when you've royally messed up or when you're just feeling lost. And so here's what I've typed. And I do want to apologize because a lot of this podcast is me processing in real time. And so while I have a bulleted list in front of me, it might not come across as eloquent. And the point is not to be eloquent or perfect. The point is to be honest. So here is what I know to be true. My mission in business is to empower women to take imperfect steps in order to build a life and a business that allows them to grow independent wealth doing what they love. I grew my brand on being authentic and transparent. However, I found both of those things to be much easier and more natural in the past when there weren't as many eyeballs on me. And I know it sounds like a good problem to have, right? Like it is a blessing and a curse, but over the years, it's felt more challenging for me to be able to voice my beliefs or my opinions because I'm so much more aware that not everyone will agree with me. In the growth of my brand and my business and my following, I've left behind some of that authenticity that connected people to me because I've worried more about judgment, scrutiny, and criticism. Now, in the last few weeks, I've lost more than 20,000 followers, and this has showed me a lot of things. I want to assume moving forward that the people who are still a part of my community feel the same sense of commitment 
that they're maybe on a journey of learning or unlearning like me, that they believe my heart intent or that they just want to learn from me, whether that's business, life, motherhood, body image, or whatever else I share. The work of inclusivity is not just beginning now for myself or my brand. I know this to be true. We have been actively prioritizing featuring women of color on the podcast over the last three years. Since January 2020, 50% of our guests on our show have been women of color, and that is something that we will continue to prioritize as we move forward. We will continue to be aware of the learning and the unlearning that is necessary for myself and my team to be able to show up as a brand that is not only inclusive, but is welcoming through the way that we share, teach, engage, market, and invite. Now, I know this to be true. I grew this brand in this business through showing up even when, and more so, especially when, I didn't have all the answers. I've tried to remain honest and transparent about where I've messed up, what I've learned, and how I've moved forward, continuing with imperfect action. This right now, this is an instance where I am absolutely not a teacher, but a student. It is, however, in alignment with this fact that I've grown the most in my life and in my business through missteps and mistakes, and this too can be a situation that leads to growth. Now, I do not apologize for being white, but at the same time, I accept that I have held power due to my race and in recent years, my wealth, and that is what I am focused on understanding and dismantling. I recognize that throughout the years, these two factors have allowed me to subconsciously know that I can likely get my way and my status and situation has allowed me to command attention and to hold power. And I can see how that fact alone can be an issue and is something that must be addressed first within myself. As an achiever or a three on the Enneagram, I tend to need an action plan in order to feel like we are progressing. And so for me, staying still is super uncomfortable. Like inaction feels paralyzing and the day-to-day of navigating a situation, a movement and a need without having any sort of plan or letting others dictate that plan is hindering my ability to do the actual work or make any sort of progressive decisions. Everyone has an opinion on how to move forward, what to say, what not to say, how to continue on, but I do not want to lose my opinion or voice in this. I will be open. I will be open and receptive to feedback, criticism, and ideas, but I also need to feel like I have this ability to voice what I believe and what I know to be true. White privilege is real. And it is something that I've been exploring for years, but it is also something that is easy to get defensive about. I recognize that while nothing was handed to me, the color of my skin, it was not a factor in what made things hard. Let me say that again. Business and life can be hard, but my hardships and challenges were never because my skin is white. This I know to be true. And I also know that my natural reaction is to defend and protect, which is what white fragility is all about. Like I understand that fully. Now I am a business owner, a CEO, and an educator in the business space. My brand is not a nonprofit, nor is it rooted in activism. My activism has been through our support of charities and nonprofits that we believe in and support year after year. However, I now recognize that my business can be a vessel for necessary activism, and that activism can be woven into how we do business. It's important for me to remember to stay in that lane while also recognizing that I can merge certain thoughts, hopes, and beliefs together. 
So after I wrote down what I know to be true, I started listing out my fears because right now I feel like I am acting out of a place of fear. And so for me to write down what my current fears are helped release some of that control so that I could start actively defining what I am not afraid of. Fear is an emotion, remember? It's not an absolute. And so here are my current fears listed out totally raw. So the last thing that I want to do right now is to cause any further harm to the black community or a community of color, including friends of myself or of the brand, including my followers, students, or guests on this show. That is a fear of mine, to add any more harm. I also do not want to move too fast, too quick. Like I want to be in this fight and this movement for the long haul, and I want to continue the work that started. The urgency of this movement is 100% necessary. However, I don't want to rush the work that is needed within myself and within my brand. And I also don't want to pivot too much or do too much too quickly and have it not feel rooted in the truth of where I am at personally on this journey. I am scared of losing the mission of my actual brand and business. I believe that business can be a space that I show up better in. And this has taught me that there are other ways that you can use your platform, privilege, and finances to back what you believe in. But I also do not want to forget that this is a business that teaches business. Part of my fears is that we're going to stray too far away from the mission and abandon what got me here in the first place. And so instead, I want to integrate the work into my mission more than just pivot because I still believe in that mission. This next fear was something that I was battling as we were completely shut down, which was necessary as we were working through all of this. But that fear was that we are pausing the good that we do for fear of the bad tainting it, meaning We were not serving anyone at any capacity through our email list, webinars. We weren't serving our followers, our podcast listeners, our courses. And so while it was so important that we were being thoughtful to not do any more harm or bad, we also were not adding any good to the movement, to the world. And that did not feel right with me. Now, the last fear that I have is that I was worried that the personal and professional work that I've done over the past three years to include women of color is being overshadowed and judged as not good enough. And an encounter from the past, though sure it is not the only one, has become this narrative of what I feel about black people as a whole. After I wrote down these super honest fears, I then went into what I am not afraid of. Because for me, if I just stopped at the fears, I would be paralyzed with inaction. And so here is what I am not afraid of. Are you ready? I am not afraid to admit that I feel lost right now and that I personally do not have the answers. And while it is always my tendency, darn it, to want to turn things into teachable moments, right now I am fully a student who is eager to learn and who is taking that leader hat off to be fully engaged in the learning process. I am also not afraid of changing our approach to things in order to follow through on what I've committed to and frankly look forward to doing. I'm not afraid to execute on this plan and to dig in and to do the work. Now, items that I have already started and will follow through on include hiring a corporate trainer and an emotional intelligence practitioner. She's my friend and past gold digger guest, Tico Nejan, and she's coming on my team for six months and hopefully beyond. We're also getting my team consistent training in this sphere. 
I'm taking the Check Your Privilege weekly course, donating money to causes to help support Black agendas, booking women of color for the next month of interviews on the podcast. I've been privately mentoring behind the scenes for Black business owners to help as they navigate business in this season, having dialogues online and offline about these topics. I'm reading the books. I'm challenging my team, sharing this process and owning my mistakes, both online and offline. Now, I am also not afraid of the naysayers in my comment section. Now, let me preface this. People 100% have a right to be angry or to express their disappointment in me. I have the ability to listen and to take action, but I will not let the naysayers dictate how I move forward. And it's really important right now that we say we're moving forward. We're not moving on. That is how we are starting to show the actions that we're taking. I'm also not afraid to show white women that it's worth the risk of doing the work. When we were on that car ride and as I was processing through all of these thoughts, I literally turned to Drew in the car and I was like, you know what? What is the point of all of this? Like, where do I even fit in here? If doing the work got me here when I was attempting to try and right past wrongs, if apologizing led to this, if trying to point people to others is where I'm stumbling, why is it worth it? And honestly, I feel like a lot of people feel this way. And I believe in my gut that it is 100% necessary and worth it. But in staying silent and not sharing, I'm proving the point that it's not even worth trying and that failing in the work is the end of it and that it's better to stay silent than attempt to move forward. And none of that is true. Lastly, I am not afraid to teach people business, plain and simple. I cannot be the perfect activist. I cannot single-handedly end racism, but I can teach people how to do business and do it inclusively. And that's where my audience is. And that is what I've promised them. I can stay in my lane and be intentional about highlighting people and voices who are the activists and who are using their business. And together we can give to the common goal of humanity. Now, after I established my truths, my fears, and what I'm not afraid of, I wrote down 10 questions. And let me be honest, I have a million questions right now, but these 10 are the most prevalent and urgent and the questions that I'm asking myself, my mentors, and other leaders. These questions are also the basis for the training that I'll be doing behind the scenes, both individually and as a team, and we'll likely be sharing bits and pieces of what we are learning in our growth on this podcast as we continue on. So here are the 10 questions that I am exploring right now. When we talk about it, as in how are we learning from it, or are we trying to rush it? My first question is, what is it? Is it a person? Is it pain caused to other black women? Is it fear of being seen as racist? Is it hurting people that I genuinely care about? Is it dismantling hundreds of years of wrong? Is it being willing to be an example for others? Like what is it? Also recognizing that it might be different for every single person right now. My next question was, what does it look like to be a public figure and to be a human? Mistakes and all, can someone evolve over time? Do past mistakes discount growth and change? Can people disagree without feeling the need to cancel someone? Number three, what can we actively control right now? When I feel out of control, I need to figure out what I am in control of and how I can steer in a direction that leads to growth and change and doesn't just paralyze me. And I recognize that control is a part of privilege. I am working through all of this, but 
looking at control, how can we focus on forward actions that'll allow us to demonstrate leadership and change that exemplifies what I am personally learning and growing through as a leader, as a human being, and as a team. Number four, what is worth trying to repair? Who determines what repair looks like? Are there terms to repair? Who needs repair from me? How do I approach it in a way that is genuine of my desire to change and conscious of the other person's needs, experience, and voice that is conducive to productive change? Again, these are just questions I am asking right now. Number five, what is the difference between an apology and taking ownership? And where is my part in both of those pieces? What needs to happen publicly? What should happen in private? How do I acknowledge my wrongdoings in a way that is true to myself and my experience without adding to a narrative that only supports my side of the story? Number six, how do I contribute to a racist system or white supremacy? And how can I take steps to actively work towards dismantling those systems that I have benefited from while unapologetically doing the work that I love to do? Number seven, this has been a big one for me. Where do we draw the line between Jenna Kutcher as a human being and Jenna Kutcher as an educator, podcaster, brand, and business? Because it's all mixed right now and it makes it hard to move forward. With economics at play, including the income of my team, because it's not just about me anymore, it makes moving forward more complicated, but there isn't a clear line between the human version of me and the business version. Number eight, When moving forward, what is in alignment with my business mission and what needs to happen for me personally? What is the work that needs to be done, but personally and in the business and where and how do they intersect? I don't know if you're asking yourself any questions like this. These are my questions. Number nine, what is holding me back right now from living out the work? Why is there so much pressure to say the right thing right now? And how is inaction supporting the bigger mission or goal? Is silence sending the wrong message? Is it a process to let people into while we're in that mess? And lastly, number 10, who is it that we're speaking to as we move forward? Who are we focused on serving? Who are we letting fall off? Who are we writing to? Who are we creating for? And how do we communicate to those who need our voice specifically? Please remember, these are real questions that I'm asking. They're not rhetorical, and I do not pretend to have any of those answers, but I've sought out the right guidance to gain understanding. So lastly, I just want to share my plan. So you can actually find my plan on my blog as well, but I wanted to go back through what I'm committed to as a leader and a human being. And I think it's really important that we not get back to business as usual, but instead create our new normal through what we have learned. So here's what you can expect from me as we move forward. Number one, listen, reading, and educate. All of that is happening within ourselves so that others do not have to do the work for us. As a team, we will be doing monthly training with an expert and I will personally continue my deeper work offline, both with my time and with my finances. So here are a few of the resources that I've found to be incredibly helpful in this time. Here are four books that I am reading and have read. So you wanna talk about race by Ijoma Aluo, Me and White Supremacy by Layla F. Saad, I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness by Austin Channing Brown, and White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. I'm also currently enrolled in and taking the Check Your Privilege Create Equity course with Maisha T. Hill, who you will hear soon on this podcast. 
And I've also taken trainings from Trudy LeBron and Sari D Coaching on practicing allyship and unpacking white privilege. Number two, I have made donations to charities furthering the agendas of black people. We will integrate ways of giving back regularly into the brand and the business model. Number three, we have already hired a corporate trainer and an emotional intelligence practitioner to challenge us, hold us accountable to move forward and to create with a focus on empathy, inclusive engagement and mindful communication, as well as understanding what true humanity looks like because our actions are indicative of what's in our hearts. If you want to meet her, you can actually listen to her episode. Her name is Tiko Nejan, and she was on episode 293 if you'd like to get to know her more. Number four, I will continue to highlight and amplify black voices on my podcast and platforms and make a donation on their behalf to a cause or organization that they will select. We will focus on using our platforms to share their words, their work, and their stories. And number five, providing my area of expertise, which is building and growing a business to more women of color through new ways, such as one-on-one private mentoring, directly partnering with organizations that support black agendas in alignment with my mission and providing funds necessary for the underestimated to get their businesses off of the ground. Now, I'm not an expert in this arena, but I do have the ability and platform to amplify those who are, and I ask that you not look to me for your education on this subject, because in this regard, like I've said, I am a student. I do, however, invite you to come along with me and join me in this learning, and going forward, I will tune my ears to listen to and to amplify the voices of those marginalized in our communities. Now, I recognize this. Words are one thing, but actions are truly what speak louder. And I sincerely hope that my actions and the actions of my team will speak to our commitment as we move forward with our new normal and that the work will show itself in the way that I show up as a leader, as an educator, as a brand and as a human being. I have listened intently. I have thought deeply and reflected about these choices because this is a complex and a systematic issue that together I truly believe that we can change, and I pray that we can just pool our collective awareness and empathy and power to make that change that is so necessary and long overdue. Thank you so much for tuning in and giving me the opportunity to shed a light on how I'm moving forward as both a human, but also as a leader and a business owner. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in to this episode, and I hope that you continue to see the work and the growth being lived out as we begin to move forward.